0: This is Weon, and you're listening to Gravitas Podcast, making sense of the news. FIFA World Cup. What a grand finale. There's no denying it, the grandest stage in world football got a match worthy of the occasion. A final between the most dominant player of this era and the challenger to his throne, Lionel Messi and Kylian Mbappe delivered a masterclass in how to handle the big stage. We all watched the spectacle. Both players were in tears at the end. Messi finally achieving his childhood dream of winning a World Cup for Argentina and emulating his idol, the late Diego Maradona. I think we played a great match, but it's the best feeling ever right now. I wasn't ever expecting to be world champion. But that's what we are now, and that's the most important thing right now. No matter how we did it, I think we were worthy winners. The irony at the presentation ceremony was not lost on anyone. The two greats, Messi and Mbappe, received words of encouragement from Qatar's emir, Sheikh Tamim bin Hamad Al Thani. Let me remind you, technically... He is both Messi and Mbappé's boss. Both Messi and Mbappé play for the same team. Along with Brazilian superstar Neymar, they form the attacking trident for French champions Paris Saint-Germain. PSG are owned wholly by Qatar Sports Investments, a subsidiary of the state-owned Qatar Investment Authority. So it's the Qatar state which funds Messi's reported salary of close to $4 million a month. Mbappé earns close to $6 million a month yet not a whisper of sports washing all these years. But can controversy be far away when it comes to Qatar? In a break from tradition, Messi lifted the iconic trophy while wearing a traditional Arabisht. Now, this is no ordinary garment. The cloak is worn only on special occasions. In fact, royal families and politicians in the Middle East wear it while attending formal functions. So not everyone can wear this. It denotes high status and privilege. So I ask, isn't Lionel Messi a cut above the rest when it comes to the footballing world? Didn't he just join the pantheon of greats by winning the trophy? But football pundits preferred not to see it that way. They accused Qatar of sports washing again. With former England footballer Gary Lineker saying it was a shame the horse covered Messi's shirt during a magic moment. But not all agreed. Some fans hit back, pointing to an ignorance of Arab customs. A Kuwait-based fan wrote, "Stop thinking that you're the world and realize that you're part of a world full of different races, religions, cultures, and traditions. When Arabs give their guest a beast it dignifies him and is a sign of gratitude. As isn't so different from when Pele wore a Mexican hat in 1970. It's been the story of this World Cup. The football has been secondary. An excuse to criticize Qatar has been gleefully lapped up by many, especially the West." Qatar's treatment of migrant workers and basic human rights dominated headlines, and rightfully so. But it's the politics of convenience that I have a problem with. The Western world wanted to use the World Cup as a platform to fly the flag for equality, for LGBTQI plus rights. Qatar was seen through the same prism as any other developed European nation. And you know how Europe loves to be the moral authority for the world – Here's what the FIFA boss had to say. I'm European. Actually, I am European. Not just I feel European. I think for what we Europeans have been doing in the last 3,000 years around the world, we should be apologizing for the next 3,000 years before starting to give moral lessons to people. Look within before you give moral lessons to the rest of the world. Now let's talk about the protests leading up to the World Cup. Many foreign leaders decided to boycott the World Cup. They wanted to send a not-so-subtle message to the Qataris. Now we're okay with that. Leave the politics to the politicians. But don't ask players to get involved, especially when they have a World Cup to win. The French government belatedly asked its team to express its protests. The team, led by Hugo Lorry, didn't bite. The defending champions overcame an injury crisis and marched into the finals and guess who was there to cheer them on the head of the French government himself yes President Emmanuel Macron as the world cheered for their favorite players some critical eyes shifted to those in the stands those hooting and cheering for their teams from the stadium he made two trips to Qatar first for the semi-final win over Morocco And he was also there consoling his team after the heartbreak against Argentina. Clearly, rooting for your national team earns more brownie points back home than protesting for human rights. So I ask, where is the outrage? Why is Europe not criticizing Macron for showing up? Does national pride trump human rights? These are difficult questions to answer. So long live the Republic and long live France. This is how I finished my speech at the locker room. Long live the Republic and long live France. Thank you very much. I'm going to ask you a simple question. What will you remember this World Cup for? Wasn't this the most open World Cup in decades? Didn't the established order get shaken up? Would you not regale your children with stories About how Saudi Arabia, another state accused of sports washing, humbled mighty Argentina early on. And what about Japan, the Asian Tigers topping the group of death ahead of Spain and Germany? Who would have thought Australia would qualify for the round of 16 ahead of Denmark? Even France were not spared the blushes. In case you forget, they lost to Tunisia in the group stages. South Korea beat Portugal in the group stages, a match that will be remembered as the beginning of the end of Cristiano Ronaldo's international journey. Belgium, the number two side in the FIFA rankings, also crashed out in the group stage. Morocco topped that group. And what a story they turned out to be. Not only did they beat Belgium, Spain and Portugal, the Atlas Lions united the entire Africa as well as the Arab world. Ask the fans, and they'll say it felt like a World Cup, not a competition, where Asian and African sides made up the numbers. It's sad but true. In the end, no one remembered the human rights, the treatment of migrant workers, the laws criminalizing homosexuality in Qatar, and the ban on the sale of beer inside stadiums. They all came to get entertained. And that wasn't definitely in short supply at Qatar 2022.